Yes, people, how are you doing this week? Welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber. Let's get into the UK box office for the weekend of the 5th to the 7th of April. At number 10, we've got What Men Want. At number 9, The Sisters Brothers. At number 8, Fisherman's Friends. At number 7, Missing Link. At number 6, The Creepy As Hell Us. At number 5, Peppa Pig Festival of Fun. At number 4, good to see it's still up in the top 5, Captain Marvel. At number 3, Pet Cemetery. At number 2, Dumbo. And straight in at number one, we have Shazam. Okay, so this week, we've got a couple of reviews for you. Um, Yeah, a little bit of information. And then we're going to close out with some news. Alright, so um, let's get to the reviews, huh? So I'm starting this week with a film called Look Away. It's a horror thriller and it's from um, Azaf Bernstein. He directed and wrote the film. Uh, It's starring India Isley, Jason Isaacs, um, Mira Sorvino, Penelope Mitchell, Harrison Gilbertston, and John C. MacDonald. The, the, the basic gist is, um, it's a psychological thriller that tells the story of Maria, an alienated high school student whose life is turned upside down when she switches places with her sinister mirror image a more sinister answer to freaky friday and mean girls where a timid socially awkward maria struggles with home life as well as her new school where enemies are kinder than your friends when given the option to me be more confident less inhibited and far quicker to say what she thinks, who'd pass that up? The catch is that Maria is no longer in control, with no idea to what lengths her new persona will go to. So yeah, this is... This is definitely one of those films, you know, as it it says, like, Freaky Friday, Mean Girls. Like, where, yeah, the the lonely, inhibited person kind of looks for something else to find strength and comfort and that's what we get. It's um I mean, I you get the feeling that a lot of stuff has happened 
but yeah it, it's it's kind of hard because you just don't know throughout um i think probably the beginning of the film maria often looks at a sonogram so that kind of makes you wonder did something happen to her or is it her parents old sonogram see that's the one thing i'm not very clear on just because there's a lot of the film that's very dark like a lot of the inside scenes the scenes in the bathroom you know all of that is it is very dark so it is hard to well i found it a bit difficult to pick up on some of those things so I don't know. I don't know if there was anything written on the sonogram or anything like that that kind of identified it. But yeah, I wasn't quite sure. So I'm I'm seeing this and you know it makes you wonder like what has happened to Maria, you know, because she's very you know, she's very flinchy. She's very kind of within herself and also there's a bit like they say she's lost weight from the previous year and so you know it's like oh was she pregnant is that what they're talking about you know I don't know I don't know like none of that ever becomes clear within the film but we do yeah we just see her getting like bullied she doesn't really have any friends it's one of those chameleon situations you know where you hang out with people but you kind of know that yeah when it when push comes to shove they're not your friends but you need some sort of ally to get through so we have that and then yeah she gets this kind of, she realises that her reflection is doing things, you know, that a reflection wouldn't do. And I think slowly you see her kind of realise what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, oh... It's not my imagination. This is something weird. Like at first, you kind of wonder, oh, well, does the does this reflection kind of talk? Because there's nothing. But then you find it does, which does make you wonder why didn't it say something straight away? But yeah, so they make this agreement, and then we see, you know them switch places the uh, i think like some weird things happen though from that point because i like there's not an agreement there's nothing it's just like i want to switch places can i switch places and then they do but it wasn't like okay so what are you actually going to do when you when you take my place like how do we switch back like are you do we make an agreement on what gets done? like nothing's agreed 
And it's just a bit like, mm, surely you would do that. Like, surely you would do that. Because the thing is, we've seen these stories. And I think, so if you're making one of these kind of stories in the modern day, you have to kind of go, yeah, the characters would have seen these stories on TV, on the internet. You know what I mean? It, you can't really go under the premise that this is all new. No, like no one really understands because they would have. So you, I think you have to go with that in mind. But this doesn't. So there's that. Then I think there's some of the incidents you kind of feel that's a bit, I don't, like, uh, like some things don't quite make any sense in the nature and how they happen. And so you're a bit like, um, I'm not really, I don't, I don't get that. And I think that's one of the things is because, yeah, it does feel like a lot is happening either behind the scenes or, you know, maybe like certain scenes were cut but there feels like there's chunks of film that's not there and there's you know what I mean and so we're missing out because something used to be you know and we're not getting the full picture that's what it, it, it seems like in the latter half of the film you know some of the situations um and things you know and especially some of the relationships, they're just a bit, they're not always very clear. So you kind of wonder, okay, why would that happen now? You know, why would that person do this? Uh, uh, you know, why would that happen? So, yeah, it, like you do find yourself scratching your head slightly with some of this um as you know I, th I think the story itself the story itself is fine and you, you know the acting isn't bad either I think like um like Jason Isaacs is that creepy that kind of creepy dad you know what I mean that's just like thinks he's helping but he's not like, you know what I mean, we'll, we'll tell, tell the kid something, thinking it's going to help, but it's like just a serious put down, and it's like, oh, well, that's never going to help, is it, well, like, what, what are you, what are you doing, you know, um, and I, you know, I, I say India, she does a pretty good job, like, doing the two characters, I would probably say the timid Maria is um, probably the stronger of the performances, you know, I, I'd probably say that rather than Aram, um, like, Maria Savino as Amy, the mother She's really good, as I think you really get from her the fact that the mum wants to help, but she's kind of 
overwhelmed in her own shit as well. So yeah, the performances, they're not bad. The performances aren't bad. The um, the main issue is, I'd probably say with the editing. And definitely, it would be better if some of the scene, if it were a bit lighter. But yeah, there's a story is interesting. It's kind of got that psychological edge to it. You know what I mean? Because we're dealing with a lot of things like bullying on so many different levels. Just like trying to find acceptance with, and that's like with family, with friends. You know, like trying to find your place in it all. So we have, you know, these things. And then it's kind of, I guess, beauty. That's one of the big factors in in this. You know what I mean? Like what, what is perceived to be attractive, beautiful. But yeah, I I, I will say there is nudity in this film. And I have to be honest, it didn't seem like it was necessary. You know, I, I think any of the scenes could have been told without the nudity so you kind of think like oh well what's the deal there like what was the need what was the point it's not helping the story it just makes it kind of creepy kind of yeah because I, I i'm not i think i think marie is 17 I think she's just about to turn 18. So it's a bit like, I don't know. It just seems like you're, you're seeing this little girl. It's just like creepy. It's just weird. It's a bit like, oh, well, oh, I need to shower now. That's weird. That's, yeah, yeah. But um, I think if you like kind of psychological, you know, thriller kind of things, I think, you know, this isn't a bad watch. Um, it kind of like um films that are kind of similar. I would say maybe Cam that came out last year. Um, it's on Netflix now. Um, yeah, I I I'd say that's kind of a similar kind of thing. Um, especially with like weird imagery um, and that kind of stuff. Also, maybe Annihilation. Like, not for the sci-fi aspect of it, but just the weirdness. Um, and the kind of duplicates and, and, and that kind of thing. So, maybe. But I, I don't know. But, you know, if... if psychological thrillers are your thing you might want to give it a go yeah um maybe wait for it to come onto netflix or something i'm i don't know but um yeah as i said look it kind of loses its way at the end um but it's not terrible i was um flicking through netflix and I came across a film called Unicorn Store. 
And what really caught my eye was the fact that it's starring Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson. And um, because I really enjoyed Captain Marvel, and I thought they had a chemistry in that. So, you know, I thought, let me give it a go. Um, <clears throat> so, as I said, look, it's starring Brie Larson, Samuel Jackson. Um, it's Brie's directorial debut. Uh, it's written by, written by Samantha McIntyre. Uh, and um, it's also starring Joan Cusack and Bradley Whitfield, who, like, if you're gonna cast parents in a film, what better two people to have? You know what I mean? They're always great. Uh, there's also Hamish Linklater, uh, Martha McIsaac, and Mamundu Afi. Um, and so the basic gist of the film is. Kit, who's played by Brie, a failed artist, moves back in with her parents, Joan and Bradley, realising she must conform to adulthood like her parents always wanted. She takes up an office job at a temp agency. However, once she receives a mysterious letter from the salesman, Jackson, who invites her to the store, the place that sells what you need, her entire outlook changes, the salesman offers her the chance to have it all by fulfilling her childhood fantasy of owning a unicorn, bum bum bum, now, it it sounds crazy, I know, and it it technically it is crazy. It's odd. It it's something that on paper you are not sure it's gonna work. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you you're not quite sure how old Kit is, but I'm assuming she's. Kind of, you she university age, so you I I think she she left school, and went to art college, and then, that's when we pick up with her. So, I don't know the schooling in America is a bit different, so I'm not quite sure. I'm so I'm kind of assuming that must be nineteen twenty, um. Yeah, maybe I'm a little bit wrong, but I kind of that's what I'm kind of assuming her age. So we just pick up with her and her hopes of being an artist have kind of been crushed because you know, like the 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 artist that she has kind of revered and looked up to couldn't see her vision. You know, he didn't understand her work. So she's come back home. She's living with her parents. 
and she does she's lost at sea she doesn't know what to do but her parents keep on like oh you need to you know be positive you need to find something come with us and you know come to work with us and you know you can do this motivational stuff and blah 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 so she's just like can't do that so she sees an advert on tv late at night for a temp agency she gives them a call and gets a job so she that's when you know in this job is when she gets the uh the the invite from the salesman and it's kind of like you know what i mean so we first meet her and she's all colorful so she's all colorful and has this kind of zeal and then you know when her dreams are crushed and she takes the job at the agency she she kind of um borrows her, her an old suit of her mum's and you know she's kind of dull she dulls herself to try and conform with what she believes people want from her but all the time the hope is trying to get out and I think that's one of the big things that you you get from this film it's very whimsical you know it's very quirky and it's it's a little odd you know she's talking to care bears she's believing in unicorns so there's a lot about this that technically I would think this isn't a film for me but it is so endearing I found it so endearing I found it charming it's like I remember the time when I believed you know what I mean I believed that like there weren't any barriers you know what I mean I believed that everyone could get on with each other like race wasn't a thing I believed in the one I believed in a lot of stuff you know what I mean I was very naive <laughs> um, yeah so you kind of remember that and then you know like you you remember getting beat up by life you know what I mean and it's like you kind of wish man if only I was still that that naive kid and that's what you see in Brie you know you, you see this kid who's hey naive isn't the word man I would say she's open for hope she wants to believe and so it's a breath of fresh air it's a breath of fresh air it's a breath of yeah it's a breath of fresh air that's right yes it's a breath of fresh air it sounds wrong I think but you know what I'm talking about it's one of those because it's just it's understandable you can relate to it like if you take out the unicorns and that kind of thing and you just think about hope 
and desire and, and wanting to believe in something you know what I mean all those elements are there and it's like her parents are trying to support her but she can't she's kind of wrapped up in this thing and she's kind of become used to the thought that she's on her own that's all she can see but as the film goes on you 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 see these barriers come down and you can see her realization that she's not alone and that there are other possibilities for her and that people believe in her and it's just it's sweet what can i say you know it it's uh yeah it's a sweet film and the end ah uh, the end gets you man ain't gonna lie but i'm i don't know what's happened to me <laughs> don't know what's happened to me man but yeah these films are killing me right now you know it is is it just really ah uh, gets you gets you in the heart really does it's just sweet, it's just nice, it's just, you know, I think you, you see that realisation that, okay, I don't need this crutch anymore, so I'm going to let go, and I'm going to free up these resources for others who need it more than me. Because I realise that there are people that love me. There are people that want to support me. So you, you have that. And then the people around her, especially one person, they realise something in her as well. Because they were there for her. That's not you know what I mean that that's not to be doubted but then they see this thing and it's just like so it forms this new connection between them you know and and that's just yeah it's a nice moment it's a nice moment you know and you kind of feel gotta be a lobster now you know what I mean a lobster or a penguin whatever you want to call it but once you've gone through that, hey, it's nothing splitting them up, right? But um, yeah, if you, um, I would say, look, if you enjoyed films like Garden State, like About Time, like um, <clears throat> Five Hundred Days of Summer, I think you will enjoy this. You know, it's not a romance film like uh, Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy. You know, it's it's not set in the real world like that. But it has, has that kind of magical undertone of a garden state, of about time, of a 500 days of summer, you know. It, 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 it's kind of of that vein, 
So if you've enjoyed those films, I highly recommend you, uh, yeah, go on Netflix, hunt it down. It's the Unicorn Store, Brie Bree Larson's directorial debut. And I think in this, you see that I think she's got something, you know. I think she's I think she's got a voice. She's got a style and it will be interesting to see what she does next. I mean, hopefully it it goes in the right direction, you know, because equating it to Garden State, you don't want her to go a bit like Zach Braff. But um yeah, let let's uh, let's aim for hope, right? So uh, yeah, check it out. <clears throat> it's got a great supporting cast. You know, Joan Kuzak, Bradley Wigfield, um, <clears throat> yeah, Samuel Jackson, Mahmoud Afi. Hamish Link later. Well worth the watch. And it um yeah, it came out last Friday, the fifth of April. So uh it will be waiting for you. So go check it. Alright. Peace. Okay, so um now last year I had the pleasure of um Sitting down with Richard Squires to talk about his his film Doozy, uh, and um, yeah, I, you know, I put the review out beginning of this year, uh, and a little bit of news for everyone that hasn't had the opportunity to see it. Okay, so Doozy is the debut feature from artist filmmaker Richard Squires. Part creative documentary, part essay film. It uses animated anti-hero Clovis, voiced by kids in the hall comedian Mark McKinney, as a means to explore the 1960s voice casting of actor Paul Lind as a series of Hanna-Barbera villains. Through the lens of one of Hollywood's hidden queer histories, Doozy contemplates cartoon villainy and hysterical masculinity, the use of voice to signify otherness, and the frequently uneasy relationship between character and actor. Following its international premiere at Rotterdam in January, Doozy goes on tour in the UK from the end of April. Um, and, you know, I'll put the information in the uh, the details of this episode. But, uh, the so the tour starts off on Tuesday the 23rd in Brighton. Then the 25th, it comes to London. On the 30th, it's in Exeter. On the 4th of May, it's in Birmingham. On the 7th, in Warwick. 
on the 9th in Leicester and it all ends on the 10th back in London. So yeah, you'll you'll have the information in the details. So um hey, if you're around at any of those dates and locations, I'd recommend you try and um try and attend because it's a very interesting film and um there will be Q and A's at all the screenings. So uh yeah, check it out. Well, people, if you love sci-fi and film, be prepared to get excited because the Sci-Fi London Film Festival has just launched its stellar 19th annual program, which will run from the 15th of May until the 22nd across London with eight days of amazing film, immersive experiences and more. It will showcase a fantastic lineup with four world film premieres, 11 UK film premieres, 11 world short premieres, 13 UK short premieres. It will also host 17 features, 36 shorts, seven VR shorts alongside its regular classic cult events such as the 48-hour film challenge and sci-fi Fido, the world's only cosplay for dogs. Hmm. Opening this year's festival on the 15th of May at the Prince Charles Cinema is the UK premiere of Perfect, a film that sends us tripping into a science fiction world like no other. Directed by Eddie Alcazar, it is unclear if the young man has committed a horrible crime, but his mother sends him to a luxurious retreat full of beautiful hedonistic people for therapy. He will receive an experimental treatment to cure his ills and discover his true self. His mother has been there, but does she want to help him become perfect? Frenetic editing, soul-shocking set pieces and some eye-popping animation. Perfect alternates between calm and chaos and picks at themes of AI genetic engineering and esterism with its super heightened visuals worthy of Glasper no production design that dazed would find hard to beat and a stunning soundtrack by Flying Lotus hmm and Closing the festival on the 22nd of May at the Stratford Picture House is the world premiere of The Risen Possession, directed by Matt Mitchell and starring Julian Ryan Tut, Serene Sofar, Adrian Edmondson, and Sally Phillips. In 1955, NATO and the Allied forces conduct secret 
occult experiments in a bid to win the arms race. They succeed, but what they unleashed almost tore our world apart and sent a human through a portal to somewhere very alien. This was the story of The Risen, our closing night premiere in 2017. Come forward to now and a group of urban explorers is exploring the abandoned bunker. But will they and the private military units sent in after them become the final pieces in a 60-year plan to reopen a door that should have stayed closed? Oh, well, that all sounds pretty damn interesting. Um, If you go to the description of the episode, I will post um, the web link for the festival um, so you can find out more information on all the other stuff that's showing and pick up your tickets. Okay, so um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the reviews this week and people, seriously, go watch Unicorn Store. It's it's just a nice film. It's a sweet, endearing. I I just I loved it. I loved it. I've already recommended it to a few people. So yeah, go check that out. Alright. So we're gonna do a little news and then we're bouncing. Um in one of the weirdest things I've heard in a long time, they are making a prequel to Greece. Yeah, that's right. Grease 2 was terrible. And so they're like, all right, we're going to take one more stab at it. So basically, um, this film is meant to um, look at the, the fling that occurred between Danny Zuko and Sandy Olsen. So it, in the original film, they kind of allude to it in, um, you know, the what is Summer Nights. Um, you know, they, they they refer to how they met in the summer and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, this film is meant to deal with that. Um, it, it's going to be written by John August... And, um, yeah, this this is coming from uh, Paramount Players, Temple Hill, and Picture Start. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just seems like, does anyone really want this? Okay, so, um, Baptista, you know, he's really... Proving to be um, a bit of a mainstay in the film industry. He has just joined um, a new Zack Snyder zombie film that will be coming um, to Netflix. It's called Army of the Dead. Uh, So basically, um, the film is set amid a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. A man assembles a group of mercenaries 
to take the ultimate gamble, venturing into to the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I'd be down for that, but hey. Um, so, Snyder is directing um, the film and he's going to be producing it along with his wife, Deborah Snyder and Wesley Cooler. So, yeah, don't know. Could be interesting. Uh, Kumal Nanjinin, who um, people may know from the comedy scene. And um, the big sick that I think I think that was last year, or no, I think it was the year before last. I don't know, but the big sick. Well, he is in negotiations to star in um, the Eternals, one of the um, only films we know that are going to be coming in the next phase from Marvel Studios. Chloe Zahu is attached to direct and it's based around um, a comic series created by Jack Kirby in 1976 and um, Neil Gaiman um, did a kind of a re a relook at the property Oh, I think that was probably 10 years ago. And that was very good. I have to say, that was very good. Um, the story essentially follows the super-powered and near-immortal beings known as Eternals and a more monstrous offshoot known as the Deviants that were created by cosmic beings known as Celestials. So, uh... Yeah, um, Angelina Jolie is also attached to um, star in the film. So, uh, yeah, this this could be very interesting. And um, here is a little bit of news that I've just found out, and so people should act on this because it's a very very short window. Well, um. Donald Glover is, um, he's got a new film that's, um, yeah, being released by New Agency, and, um, so a deal has been done where it will now be airing on, um, Saturday the 13th of April on Amazon Prime, okay, so... You will be able to watch it, whether like it, regardless if you have an Amazon Prime account or not. All you have to do is go onto um, the, the the platform and you can watch. But it, it's running from <coughs> okay a minute after midnight until six p.m the next day so it's um u.s pacific time i believe this will be going from so yeah it's not a huge window but uh 
Yeah, I think it, it, it could well be worth checking out. The story follows a local Caribbean musician determined to throw a festival for everyone to enjoy. Um, yeah, hopefully it doesn't go like the fire festival, but who knows? I think it's it's just an hour-long film. Um, yeah. And and it's basically it, it it will be kind of launching when um, Donald Glover's childish Gambino persona finishes his Coachella set on um, you know very late Friday night. So yeah, remember it's a minute past midnight until six p.m. the next day. So not many hours, but just go to Amazon Prime and um, you will be able to um, you'll be able to check this film out. Guava Island. Yeah, I probably I don't think I've mentioned the name. Guava Island. It's a tropical thriller. Okay. All right, people. Well, that is us for another week. Um and I'll see you uh, with some more reviews and chatter next Thursday. All right.